Welcome back to the Commerce Collective podcast by Flywheel, a podcast masterclass covering everything you need to know about the world of e-commerce. I'm your host, Emma Irwin, and I'm a senior editor and specialist at Flywheel. In today's episode, we're stepping a little bit out of our very digital world and into the more real one to cover a pretty hot topic of 2023, which is in-store retail media. My guest in this episode has been absolutely leading the charge on analyzing, reporting on, and educating the industry on the potential of this space. So let's dig right on in to meeting him. Andrew Lipsman, I'm a principal analyst at Insider Intelligence covering retail and e-commerce. I'm a research geek. I've been in some version of research and market research my whole career. Spent early days in CPG and PD group, then spent a a long part of my career doing digital media and e-commerce research at Comscore. And in fact, the first day that I spent at Comscore was November 21st, 2005, which happens to be the day that Cyber Monday became a thing. So I walked into the doors. Comscore was doing some of the first commercial measurement of e-commerce, and it actually discovered the Cyber Monday phenomenon. They had initially called it Black Monday. And all of a sudden, when I walked in that first day, the phones were ringing off the hook because shop.org had just coined the phenomenon Cyber Monday, and it became this media frenzy. So that was my awakening to the world of e-commerce. And now this year, I think will be my 20th year, 19th or 20th year straight covering holiday e-commerce since then. For the last five years, I've been a principal analyst at eMarketer, now Insider Intelligence, covering the space. I'm jumping in here already. We're not even two minutes in. Crazy. But I needed to call out here that Andrew is now a former principal analyst at Insider Intelligence as he has now left to pursue some independent projects since the time of this recording. But all of his research for the company gets to live forever in the digital sphere, which is amazing for all of us. Okay, back to a different narrating Emma who will get us into this episode. And before we dig into in-store retail media, I, of course, had to ask Andrew what the last thing he purchased on Amazon was. Oh, well, I mean, I can tell you the last thing. It's going to be boring. It was probably Nike athletic socks. But the most interesting thing I purchased recently, which a purchase I'm very excited about, was on Poshmark, of all places. And I still need to kind of figure out how this purchase came to be, because I think it's pretty interesting. I don't think I'm the core customer for Poshmark. But I try to get familiar with different e-commerce platforms and I remember when I was first getting familiar with it, I was just, you know, there's a lot of cool vintage stuff. So I, I was searching for vintage things. And in my mind, I've always wanted this uh, Chicago White Sox batting practice jersey from the mid 1980s. Cause when I first started collecting baseball cards, all the players were wearing this red practice jersey. So there's a nostalgia around it. And I think I searched for that probably a couple of years ago. And what was interesting was that couple weeks ago, I got an email alert from Poshmark saying that they had this jersey in the right size. And I thought that was like the best e-commerce experience I'd ever had. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yes, of course I'm buying this. So I bought it and I love it. The The only pitfall to it was that it's a, it's a size medium, which I thought was my size, but a medium in the 1980s was a little bit different. So it's a little bit snug. It fits okay, but it's a little bit hard to get off. <laughs> Fair enough. That's really cool. I love Poshmark. So crazy that they have that data still email you many years later. And there you go. Now you have the jersey you've always wanted. Yeah, it was. I feel like I, I went into the future The what they say e-commerce can do for you. I'm like, oh, that's never going to actually happen. And, and it kind of happened. There you go. OK, 
question we also ask everyone, but I'm going to ask it now and we'll come back to it at the end. But something on your digital wish list, which is something that lives in a cart just indefinitely and you will never actually purchase it and why. But we'll come back to it at the end if that sounds good. Okay, great. I'll have to give that one some thought. Okay. In-store retail media. Simple as retail media you see in a store, right? Maybe not quite. In March 2023, Andrew published a comprehensive report covering in-store retail media and the opportunities that lie ahead. But first, let's, you know, get a grasp on what we actually mean by in-store retail media. Yeah, well, so you can talk to some folks who have been in grocery and CPG for a long time and they're saying, why are you saying this like it's a new thing? We've had retail media in the store forever. What we really mean now is digital retail media as it's entered the store, as obviously the trend of online retail media has taken off. Now it is moving into different touch points. So digital retail media essentially is any form of advertising that is digitally enabled, we'll say, and in the store. So this is a variety of different digitized surfaces. Now, these are just starting to enter the store, so you don't see them all over the place just yet, but they are around. These are things like front of store kiosks, checkout aisle screens, and digital end caps, smart carts, cooler doors, things of that nature. We're also seeing a lot of implementation of in-store digital audio. So that's another format. So we're starting to see a lot of it and a lot of experimentation, but we're still in the early stages, I would say, of rollout. It's going to take some time for this to proliferate before we see the advertising market really materialize in a significant way. But when it does, it's going to be a significant, significant industry. Have you been in a store where you've seen like in real life a really good example of that digital in-store retail media? Yeah, well, I think that you're starting to see it in more department stores. Um, You'll see a little bit of digital signage for some of the apparel or cosmetics brands. I think maybe some of the most prominent surfaces would be in Walgreens and soon to be in Kroger. There are cooler doors from cooler screens. Those are some of the ones that have been most visible to date. But you are starting to see uh, other experimentation with some of these smaller surfaces around the store as well. With the digitization of stores. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm struggling with the word. But I challenge you to say that word in a normal sentence if you've never actually said it out loud. And then you can come back to me on it. Deal. How long do you think it'll take for that to be like a widespread kind of phenomenon across, let's go with the United States of America, if ever? Well, I guess it it depends on how you define it. I think over the next two or three years, we'll start to see them much more commonly, but it doesn't mean that they will be pervasive throughout stores. I do think this opportunity really starts to get its legs in a five to 10 year time horizon. That's when you'll start to see it much more common, wider proliferation, multiple surfaces throughout stores and, you know, across a national footprint of stores for a retailer rather than usually they'll start by piloting a few stores and then rolling it out to a subset of stores before going nationwide. That makes sense. And in your report, this is also going off of you just use the word opportunity, but you do take the stance in your report that in-store retail media is a large opportunity. And I'd love to know kind of the specifics of why. Yeah, I call it the next major media channel. We need to, I think, take off our retailer hats for a moment and put on our media company hats and think of this as a scaled media channel that is very hospitable to brands. Brands, it's where they want to be, right? They're already in a commercial setting. It has significant scale, as I mentioned. Um, there's, There's a analysis in the report that looks at the size of large brick and mortar retailers, their in-store audiences. Notice I don't call it 
foot traffic. These are audiences. And I compare it to their digital audiences. And what I like to say is these digital audiences are are significant and they have gotten retail media to a $45 billion industry today. But on average, their in-store audiences in this analysis were about 70% bigger. In the case of a retailer like Walmart, over 200 million people every month target about 100 million. So it's substantial. And this is the sort of reach that traditional TV advertisers dream of. And they're finding it harder and harder to get. So I think the way to think of this channel is as the intersection of TV advertising and retail media. I think there's an impulse to think of it first in through the lens of retail media, which is purely about closing the loop and performance. I will say in-store media will deliver performance for sure. But think of it first as a, a scaled mass media platform that provides reach, branding, contextual relevance, brand safety, all the things that TV advertisers are are generally looking for. And oh, by the way, you get to reach somebody right before they actually can purchase the product. Yeah. And going off of that, I want to go deeper into those kind of specific things that the digital in-store retail media can deliver. And there's a quote that I pulled from the report. It says, physical stores provide incremental brand reach beyond Amazon. And we all love incremental reach. But can you tell me more specifics about that? Yeah, well, Amazon is about 75% of the retail media market today, but it's mostly digital. And what Amazon doesn't have and can't compete with other retailers yet is the store footprint. Yes, they have Whole Foods, but I sort of discard Whole Foods from this because it doesn't really carry national brands. So there, there is an opportunity. They are going to do some in-store retail media. It's not going to work the same way that it will work for a Walmart or a Target. And if you want to know why Amazon is doing Amazon Fresh, this is why. It's all about the advertising opportunity. So for the near term, right, Amazon dominated the first era of retail media, but we're getting into this second era. And this is where the brick and mortar retailers really get to flex their muscle because they have digital audiences, they have big in-store audiences, and they can pull those pieces together. So it's audiences that that are incremental to Amazon and that basically for, for these retailers, they can outcompete Amazon on this dimension, at least until Amazon can scale those fresh stores. True. And then there's also, I love this line from the report, but in-store retail media reaches the unreachables. And I like to consider myself an unreachable because I am that Gen Z who is not really brand specific to CPG or grocery. But tell me more about that as I just kind of did a spoiler of the line. But what does your research show with that? So there's this whole segment of the population now, typically younger consumers who are very, very difficult to reach with ad-supported media, particularly TV advertising as it's traditionally been distributed on linear TV. So what's happened in linear TV is interesting that the size of that market has sort of stayed at about $60 billion over a long period of time, even though the number of impressions delivered against the right audiences, the 18 to 49 money demo, as they call it, have basically been cut in half. So it means that pricing on TV advertising has doubled during that time. Why is that? The money doesn't have somewhere better to go. And what I'm arguing is that there is somewhere better for it to go, this scaled media channel of in-store retail media. And it's important to start pushing some allocation there because they can reach that money demo, the 18 to 49-year-olds, because they do shop in stores. And I looked at a, a handful of retailers, six or seven, and I showed that the majority of their audiences 
in fact, are 18 to 49 year olds. And in some cases, if you talk about a Sephora or an Ulta, you know, the vast 80 or 90 percent of their shoppers actually are within that demographic. So here's where you can reach them. There's also as a strategy for brands, you call out that it's important to kind of avoid the performance trap of personalization and rather brands slash advertisers should be focusing on kind of a one to many strategy to attract as many eyes as possible. But why is that? Because we always talk about the importance of personalization in e-commerce. But I'd like to know why the take is to kind of go for that one-to-many strategy. Yeah, we've developed this reflex to jump straight to personalization and one-to-one advertising experiences. This is an offshoot of just the behavioral advertising era. And I don't mean to completely discard the notion. I think there is a place for it. But what happens if you start there and you introduce all advertising experiences in the store is you start to get this version of minority report, right? Where people see these these ads that they know are being targeted directly to them in the store. And I think it's going to creep people out. So I, I think there's a way to do personalization, but why do we need to jump there first? If we have all the benefits of a scaled advertising channel, let's start there. And then you actually have a lot of consumers who are going to want to plug into that personalization. It's These are the ones who swipe their loyalty cards and they want those coupons and discounts and offers. Let them opt in. I think there's going to be a significant place for that. Um, and there's other ways to do targeting. Also, I don't think we need to try and identify who a person is in the store to deliver them an ad. We can target based on contextual factors, right? That certain brands might want to run at a certain time of day or a certain time of the week or whatever the case may be, I think there are ways to have some optimization of the advertising without having to go right down to that one-to-one targeted advertising. For sure. I was thinking about this question last night and I was thinking like, I don't mind if I have my phone with me and like I were to turn on, allow your location to be shared. I walk into a Target and then something pops up on my phone that says, oh, like this product is in stock, it's on deal, whatever, and it's a sponsored kind of thing. But I was thinking about like, what if you walked by an end cap one day in like a Walmart and it just said, hi, Emma, here is like a list of personalized things for you. And I think that I don't think we'll ever get to the point where the majority is going to want an end cap to say, hey, there, we recognized you via our face scanning technology. And now we have a digital identity. Here's some stuff you can buy. Yeah. And maybe that will happen one day, right? This happens in other parts of the world and there are cultural differences. So maybe how we feel about these things changes over a 10, 20, 30 year time horizon. But I'm also mindful that there are a lot of policies in in different states uh, like California and Illinois where you can't use biometric identification in stores. So to me, that, that kind of protects against the worst impulses here. But again, I just want the industry to think about everything that is much simpler. We don't have to overcomplicate it and go down the data rabbit hole first. Think about building the channel. There's a lot of opportunity. I think it's a win-win-win for consumers, retailers, and brands. And then we'll we'll find interactions and, and things of that nature where the consumer can opt into that, that experience. But just don't go there first. Checking in here to provide a recap of everything we've discussed so far what we really mean by retail media versus the digitization of the physical store, the opportunity that lies in in in-store retail media for brands and advertisers, and what retail media can deliver such as incremental reach beyond Amazon and reaching the unreachables. At this point, it wouldn't be the Commerce Collective podcast if we didn't hit on measurement next. Why? Because sure, we can say that in-store retail media could deliver these great things, but how do we know that it will? 
especially when as an advertiser, you're spending money in order to be visible. This is part of what's going to slow and inhibit the growth of the channel. Um, there are a lot of interesting measurement challenges. I will say, I think they're going to be solved and I see potential across all of them. But you're right. The foundation of retail media is closed loop performance with e-commerce search ads, right? There's a very tight closed loop and you get that clear line of sight into ROAS. It's not quite as easy to do in stores. You need to have the screens in the store first. Then you need to run the campaigns and be able to match to retailer sales data at this point. Now, I think longer term, what we'll need to see is multi-retailer measurement sales lift solution that works across retailers so that you can run campaigns across different types of retailers on a national basis. So there's there's some of that that will need to help close the loop to sales. You will also, I think, need a version of the Nielsen TV ratings for in-store. I've worked with Placer AI, which has provided a strong foundation for understanding unduplicated audiences that are going to stores. It's going to need to evolve to become more granular and understand when a person actually goes in front of a screen within the, the store, right? So I mentioned 200 million shoppers a month to Walmart. That's without knowing how many might actually cross a given screen or be exposed to a campaign. So it's a great starting point, but it's going to have to get better. What are you the most excited about for the future of digital in-store retail media? All of it. I think that <laughs> it's a platform. It's an advertising experience that has the potential to be transformative to retailers' bottom lines. It's something that I think is really going to excite brands. And it's still so early. And what's interesting to me is like, it's it's not easy money. There's a lot of friction. And I think part of the fun of it is is the the road to get there, which is, okay, first retailers have to invest to get the screens into the store. Then they have to enable the buying and selling infrastructure. Are there programmatic ways to buy ads rather than doing direct buys? How do you manage the content? You don't want errant ads running in a store. That could be really bad. And then how do you have the measurement scaffolding so that you can plan and buy the media and then measure it from a closed loop basis? Now that we've done all that just with this channel, how do we link it back to all the other retail media programs so that we get that full funnel view of advertising performance? Now, how do we analyze all of those different touch points at once? at once and optimize campaigns. I mean, it, all of this whole future is exciting. And I, you know, that is more than enough to bite off over the course of the next decade. And there's going to be tens of billions of dollars at stake as we get there. So I can't wait for it. I think it's all going to be fun. Yeah, I'm hoping that within the span of my career, we get to really have a full funnel, not just the full e-commerce funnel or the full in-store funnel, like shoppers, what are they doing completely in the store and how does that truly translate to online and that just like physical digital? Can we really ever have that full kind of picture? Because I think like Asia will beat us to that and kind of having that sort of data to look at. But it's fascinating from like a consumer behavior perspective. Right. And if you think about how much we optimize on e-commerce today, the future of the store is digitization. We're going to have a lot of the same types of data or the analogous data to understanding the e-commerce funnel. So understanding that a consumer comes into the store, what's their path to purchase? Do they ultimately convert? What was their response to different ads? And then we're going to be able to optimize store layouts and media experiences, merchandising, all of these sorts of things that we already do online in the store. And then we're going to be able to optimize on an omni-channel basis. It's really exciting. There's a ton of value to to be derived from all of this. Yeah. And I'm also like 
I love the idea of more digitization. I think I'm getting all of the syllables in that word. That's a harder word to say than you would think it is. It is. I went through these for a long time. I've now been saying digitization of the store for so long that it's second nature. But yeah, you want to say digitalization, right? Yep. That's why I keep thinking I'm like missing a syllable. But I I typed that out and my computer was like, error, error, <laughs> Emma, not the right it's word. probably a made up <laughs> word, to be honest. Hey, a lot of our e-commerce terms are kind of made up (laughs) terms. But I also think like especially like even coming out of a pandemic and whatnot, we just like we want more experiences in stores and even something like a darn cooler screen is something that attracts people and it kind of catches your eye and opens people up to these new kind of ways of absorbing advertising without really thinking about it that way. Yeah. And it can all be done really well. I think that's the key that we also need to be mindful is make sure it's a great creative quality experience. I say you don't want it to become the the in-store version or the physical world version of the pop-up ad. That would be really bad. But fortunately, I think those who are doing it right now on the content side, as well as retailers, they're very mindful of CX. So they're treading lightly. They're very smartly trying to put creative quality first. Perfect. All right. Any key points that you have? Let's go specifically for like brands thinking about maybe tying into investing in in in-store retail media on a broader, more digital scale. What my guidance for brands would be to start to unlock some budget for it now. I think the budget probably should come from national media. What's, What's kind of weird about the dynamics right now is that it is kind of getting splintered off the experimentation from a digital out of home budget, which is already a pretty small budget within digital. It doesn't leave a lot of room for experimenting with this. I think those TV budgets or maybe some of the larger digital budgets need to get tapped and allocated to this. Um, and I'd like to see brands lean on the retailers and, and demand that the, the measurement gets put in place because that's what's going to help build this market. I will say this. There are some very strong CPG brands that are very smart, but they also are very quiet about their experimentation. They are experimenting. So that to me is the smart money. They're doing it now. And a lot of brands have not figured out or started to invest in the opportunity just yet. I would say start doing it now if you're not and and figure out where that budget comes from, because you're going to look up one day, three years from now and realize just how far behind you are. Yeah, that's how it rolls in this industry. Okay, last one I have for you is coming back to your digital wish list, something that just lives in a cart forever and you won't actually purchase it and why. Okay, so this is something that actually now is off my digital wish wish list, but only recently, but it sat in there for a long time and it was a Theragun. I have wanted one of these things for a long time, but most of the models are pretty expensive, like a couple hundred dollars and I just couldn't bring myself buy it and so it just sat there in a couple of carts for me for a while i recently had a a birthday and my wife relieved me of this angst by finally buying the theragun for me so thank you to my wife um i will also say i went through this this agony of seeing theraguns on timu when i was looking at what's going on on timu and seeing like a 17 dollar theragun and i'm like oh that's tempting but i also knew that it was probably going to be terrible and break the (laughs) the instant i got it so i was like if i'm going to do this i got to do it right so anyway thank you allison for relieving me of this angst we love when a digital wish list actually comes to fruition and you weren't the one that had to buy it (laughs) it's the best way right yeah I see the Theragun like specifically in TikTok videos, but it's always people like using it on their elbow to see if they can like knock their funny bone. And I'm like, you know, I kind of want to try that. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a new one. I haven't tried that. I made the mistake of trying it on my jaw. Don't do that. It really is like a punch in the face. <laughs> I, I was messing it. around with my kids thinking I would humor them. And then I punched myself in the face with a Theragun. I'm sure they thought it was funny. They did. They did. And that wraps up another episode of the Commerce Collective podcast. And hey, maybe 10 years from now, there will be end cap screens in stores that can scan my biometrics and offer me up some personalized recommendations on what to buy in store. Who knows? Back to reality though, thank you to Andrew for his help in educating us about the potential of in-store retail media and being open about the challenges we currently face on the path to full funnel, digital and physical marketing to the evolving omnichannel consumer of the future. I've been your host, Emma Irwin, and this episode was produced by Class Cancel with sound design from Enos Satanj. We'll see you next time. Hey, like what you're hearing? If you'd be interested in partnering with Flywheel to grow your e-commerce business, we have an offer for a potential audit of your catalog on Amazon, Walmart, or Target from the Flywheel team. They are always curious to dive into media strategies and content optimizations, so reach out today by emailing us at audit at flywheeldigital.com. That's audit at flywheeldigital.com.